Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Peter, Stephen, Deborah, Sarah, and Tuka, we'd love to accept your offer. How often do you get all five dragons on Dragon's Den? Let's just say we went in to get as many dragons as we could. Turns out only a handful of times. Superbooks is going to go down in Dragon's Den history. And that's across 21 seasons, hundreds of episodes, and thousands of pitches. They're never going to let you do that. How many times have you seen dragons go to the wall to discuss an offer. How many times have you seen the entrepreneurs leave only giving each dragon 1%? How about pricing their company at £100? Well, it's a trick question because the last two has only happened on Dragon's Den once in the entire history. We, had, we knew yeah. we had to do something different. And like I said, there have been a lot of episodes. Today, we talk to Simon and Charlene from Superbooks about how they made it happen. Secrets from the show. The BBC said, no, you have to. This is a money programme. And things you should look out for when you go on there. It was a last minute decision, but just please, we did it now. <laughs> on to today's episode. Tell us about the episode aired of Dragon's Den and yes. like the most kind of extraordinary moment at the end. Just talk us through that, the dragons going to the wall for those that haven't seen it. Okay, well, it was a bit of a, it was a big shock for us because I think we both wondered where they were going. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Tuka had actually made us an offer previously to yeah. them going to the wall. And we were a bit, we were quite set back by that just because Tuka... He doesn't make offers, yeah. doesn't get out of bed for 1%. Yeah. And then Peter actually initiated, didn't he, for the rest of them to all Well, there was get an argument. So head, was not... head boy of the dragons, Peter. Yeah. <laughs> so the, so um, Tuka offered at 1%. And then there was an argument between them and all the dragons saying, but you never invest at 1%. What are you? Yeah. And he said, this is different, this is different. Um, and then Peter... Then tried... Peter then sort to, of interrupted, didn't he, and said... He tried to that? get... Yeah. He tried to find out what we wanted. Yeah. So he came right. back yes, to yes, us. Yeah, that's right. And he said, well, come on. Why have you actually come in here? Why and what was your offer at the beginning? To them? <clears throat> £1 for 1%. £1 for 1%. One pound for 1%. Which is obviously a unique tactic as well in the den, right? Yeah, we, had, we knew yeah. we had to do something different. We yeah. had to go in there and we had to get a reaction from Go... And we ummed and ahed about this. Yeah. And we had to actually take it to the BBC yeah. before. And we were actually, our idea at the start was actually to go in with 
will actually say, well, ask for no money, basically. Mm. And the BBC said, no, you have to, this is a money program, you have yeah, to come yeah. in asking for something. But we can go down to one pound and we were like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Okay. But actually, the, the lady that we were dealing with at the BBC said, they're never going to let you do that. And we said, no, no, please, can you try? Push it, yeah. So they went to speak to the head of the show and they let us. Yeah. <laughs> so... Because so they are yeah. quite strict on it, aren't they? Because in a way, it could be seen as a really clever negotiating tactic. Because occasionally you'll get somebody say, oh, well, actually, I'd like more money. Because you can never go for less money, right? That's the, yeah, that's right. That's yeah. the deal. So yeah. it could be seen as a really clever negotiating tactic. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, but why, so why is it that you, you decided to go with that, that route then from the outset? Well, we, well, since the last show, we had... Um, we raised 800,000 yeah. in our first round. So really we had cash in the bank. Um, we'd seen, we've seen, you know, all the seasons of Dragon's Den. Yeah. And it is, it's so obvious, you know, that, that if you go in there, you've got to be willing to give up 10 to 20% of your business. Yeah. And with a whole load of high profile angels and VCs backing us, we just didn't feel comfortable giving away that amount of, equity yeah so our thought process went to well how could we get out of there with the least amount of equity possible yeah. um and this is where this idea came for like is there a way it would there be a way to get out of there for a few percent yeah with as many dragons as possible so we were just thinking well why don't we yeah why don't we just go for one percent for a pound it sounds quite good yeah, but then we were worried and trying as well. the history because apparently it's oh, yeah. first in the den as well. So. Yeah, but it is. Yeah, but we were worried as well because we didn't know whether we were going to take it seriously. Or yeah, not. that was. So that was the part that we really didn't know, and we were really nervous about we it thought going it, in. We were just obviously thinking, it's in our pitch at the start, and we thought, are they just going to slam us down right at the start and say, you know, is this a joke? Yeah. And that was, yeah, that well, was see, a big thing. It would be easy to sit here and say no. Or, oh, yeah, we planned it out. We thought we were going to get them all. But that, like, really going in, we were still so nervous about it. Yeah. And we had our, the 1% actually came up only a couple of days before we went actually went into pitch. So we had a rhyming pitch that Sai actually yeah. created. And we had to change that last minute due to the <laughs> £1 for 1%. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was a last minute decision, but just pleased we did it now yeah, yeah yeah and so how did it how did you feel when you were doing the pitch right because you must have adrenaline kind of like absolutely coursing through your veins like and what what was the sort of and then you sort of say that bit at the end like what was the reaction and so on there well, were they all i think i'm pretty sure they all sort of almost stopped writing and looked up yeah and were like there was definitely uh, a reaction yeah yeah and Peter um, said straight away, as soon as we finished the pitch, he said, I'd just like to congratulate you because that is a Dragon's Den first. Yeah. And we were we were still in sort of almost defense mode sort of thing. We were like, is he joking? Is he is he joking? Is he about to, you know, say something else? But it was genuine. Yeah. You know, like that and the reaction from them was we got a little clap really. as well from Deborah. I think Deborah oh, started wow. off yeah. a little clap. Gosh. I think that. I think that. I think that was after the story. <laughs> I think that's a dragon's first. <laughs> I think that was after the story we produced for them, and yeah, I think it was just it. It came across. 
I think it came across warm, our pitch did, yeah, and I think they got that. And and so you but, yeah you put loads of thought into it right because you did the you did the rhyming and then you did the individualized books for them as well. So talk about the kind of you must have been prepping this for months, right? Well, we didn't know about it, but well, so we got yeah. the. We we got the call to say, okay, we've made all the interview stages. You're gonna you're going to be airing on Dragon's Den, but we didn't actually get told a date until I think it was a couple of weeks. I think it was two and a half weeks. We two had to and a half weeks oh, right. before. Okay. So yeah. we were quite calm about it. To I think in a way it was we didn't want reality <laughs> to hit, so we didn't really do anything about it until we got that call. And then when we got that call. We just assigned everything to the team for Superbooks. Yeah. And we were like, can you just take charge for two weeks? Which yeah, they did. Yeah. It was brilliant. And it was like being back at school. We just revised. You stickers, sticky pads of everything, yeah, like scattered all over the house. And our everything. notes <laughs> turned into a folder. And in the end, it was just, obviously, because we had to get this rhyme right as well. Because obviously, it was all in, it had to flow. Yeah. And um, I think that's, 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 thing, that's yeah. all we were saying in the end to each other. It's just we were just practicing the rhyme. To the point where Goldie, uh, daughter, was like, yeah, she... please stop saying rhyme. <laughs> also, she learned it as well. So yeah, she was like our little prompter. So every time we got it wrong, she was like, she'd say like the right words. And we were like, oh my gosh, we need to take her yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be, yeah, yeah. Talk about putting on um, our strings. I mean, it's quite a hard while, actually, because... You know, if, if you forget it or you stumble or whatever, right? Like, you know, it yeah. sort of, it goes from being an amazing pitch to complete <laughs> disaster. Yeah. I know we were very nervous about it, but... We just had to go in we, and yeah, just... I mean, we just, we must have, we literally it. must have practised it, what, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of times. Yeah. Uh, until it kind of, it's just in, ingrained into you. But like you said... When you when you go in there and you start because before you go into the den, you do like the pre-interviews and they do this bit where you kind of film you in the the lobby area and the lifts and stuff, and you can feel yourself just getting into this kind of like really kind of nervous state. I and forgot then... my age, and that was like right <laughs> in the start. <laughs> Interview, yeah, that was so funny. I had to ask you, didn't I? Do you know um, what? Somebody, 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 <laughs> I don't know why it sticks in my mind, but somebody the other day asked me when I was going to be 40, and I actually had to go back to my birth year and have 40 <laughs> odd rather than think about it. I just like that was the quicker way of doing it. Um, but yeah, that's so. Well, how like the can you can you give us a run because maybe not everyone's seen it, etc. Can you remember it now? You know what? Uh, Start me off. You, I started. Oh, you um, were, um, Start me off. I forgot. Um, it was. There's a quest. No, once upon a time. Once... It was. <laughs> this just didn't, this didn't, this didn't, this didn't happen in the den. Wait, can you remember? Our question. Our question once upon a time was what? Can kids' stories be sublime? And free and instant, zero stress. The answer, it turns out, is yes. That's the first verse. Don't ask me to do any more. And then it goes on to sigh. Yeah. Can you remember your bit? No. Fine. We got the first it verse. It could just be like the national anthem. Got, but yeah. let me do the first verse. <laughs> um, no, some, like, yeah, yeah. So they do, you do that. And, and talk to us a bit about the process leading up to it then. You touched on it there that you get the call two and a half weeks before. But yeah, yeah there'll be loads of entrepreneurs. I mean, you know, Dragon's Den, the iconic show, right? I think he's actually done quite a lot for British business and kind of giving people that aspirational kind of moment and seeing the kind of culture of, of business but when did you think this might be a good idea to apply and, and just talk chat to a bit about the process 
Um, it's been on our radar just because, no. well, no. my dad is a massive Dragon's Den fan, so he is always at us, like, you should be on there, especially, I think, some of the th ones he's seen, like, back in the day, right at the start, he was yeah, like, yeah. if they can do it, you can do it, you know, but it has ramped up year after year. And the more I watched it, the more I was like, oh my gosh, this is just getting me too anxious. So I was like, always like to Sai, not sure about this. Um, but Sai actually entered us secretly. I didn't know about it. Um, so yeah. when we got the call back, I was shocked, horrified and ready to run into a hole. There was months, there was months gap. <laughs> but I just decided, because one of our first investors, Henry, um, he had been on Dragon's Den and his business had totally changed overnight, yeah. you know, because of Dragon's Den. It's Henry Dessert, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Like, angel investor in you. I've been on the show as well before. Like, and because he, he got the highest ever valuation, right? So you guys bookended. Yeah. You got the highest. He got the highest. You got the lowest. Exactly. That's brilliant. Isn't it? <laughs> that is brilliant. Um, it was on our first Yeah, I mean, he, yeah. So him. literally, the day one, the first time we met, he said this would be absolutely perfect from Dragon's Den. But we, we were just so resistant to it just because we were terrified really of doing it and then i decided just to apply yeah it was about well i guess it was about a year ago now but i applied we just i just put the application in spent about 20 minutes didn't really think about it boof, 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 entered it and then it was probably at least a couple of months yeah and then out the blue came this call and it was this is sophie from dragon's den and it was Oh, wow, it's actually, okay, I didn't think I was going to get a call back, but then we did. And then that was actually the first round of interviews, just yeah. straight away on the phone. So it was about 20 minutes, and then I had to go back that night and tell Charlene. <laughs> <laughs> and your face was like, just an absolute picture. But I think it was more for me, it was, okay, I've just been told the news, we're, we've, we're, in, the, we're in the rounds of interview stages but yeah. then we also had another interview I think it was in two days and then following that for the following week we had to deliver a pitch to send to the BBC as if we were actually on Dragon's Den like right, what okay, would we yeah. pitch and I mean that is laughable if we remember back to that I, I mean, mean was... the takes we took we set up our tripod in our dining room and I mean it must have taken the clip us was nearly... a minute and it probably took us about three hours yeah it was <laughs> ridiculous and we just, I think that started off the nerves for us because we were yeah. like, oh my gosh, it's taking us this long to just, but yeah, I mean, we did, we did practice and we did all guns blazing for the actual pitch yeah, and yeah. it paid off. And there was um, so much due diligence. It yeah. was, yeah, incredible amounts. Um, email, you know, it was, it just seemed like it was never going to end, you know, the, the list I think they send you a document and it's like a 20 page document with all these different things and requirements. And then after that is submitted, they then go through everything like literally line by line by line by line. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we've been through due diligence with VCs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like multiple levels on top of that, you know. So how many hours do you think it was pre, like that was just dragon requirement stuff, so not your own preparation but like from the producers and so on how, how many hours do you think it was um days yeah. yeah oh yeah days yeah yeah but like I mean, yeah a week week's worth almost um probably yeah, yeah. Good, at, at least a week's worth of you know solid 
yeah. getting getting the stuff because they asked for you know I can't quite remember but it, it's like fifteen years worth of you know employment experience and you know things like that. Yeah. So you're digging into the depths of your emails trying to yeah. trying to find things. Yeah, it takes a while. Gosh, yeah, more intense than VT says a lot as well, right? Oh, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Um, so talk us through kind of like um, what the kind of plan is now, right? Like it must be, it's going to be this like amazing kind of cultural moment, etc. And yeah, what, what do you think it's going to do? You go. <laughs> well, one of the big things that we're really excited about is that we're because of the dragons and particularly Tuker and Peter were able to start having products. Yeah. Um, and we can't say exactly what those are just yet, but this, I mean, it's, it's just our dream to have, you know, these characters that we've created like coming to life essentially, yeah. you know, and that, that is the reality of what's going to happen over the next, you know, year or even six months. Um, so that part of it is just unbelievably exciting. But I think with the visibility as well, we want to stay true to what the service actually is. Um, you know, we are about creating, you know, the world's best stories. Yeah. Um, and that's really what we want to do. So when hopefully the money starts coming in, because um, I think we talked last time we talked, you know, there was that wasn't really in sight. Yeah. Um, so that part of it is kind of exciting for us to be able to then reinvest back into the stories and the people that are, are you know, reading the, reading the stories as well. And just to make it clear as well, um, we want it to be accessible to everybody. Um, so we will always guarantee that there are a set number of stories on the site for free. Yeah. Um, cause that's one of our, that's one of our unique selling point that we went into the den as well about, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and, and how can people sign up? Let's just do that call to action really simply yeah. and succinctly, right? So come to superbooks.com. Yeah. Um, and then there is a right on the top of the homepage, get a hundred super books free, put in your email address and we'll send you them. You've got that. And it's audiobooks as well as stories as well. So, I mean, in terms of the value compared to what you would get in a bookshop, you know, we're talking between 500 and 1,000 pounds worth of value per customer that we're giving for free. That's yeah. amazing, right? And talk to me about some of the stats around children's reading because it always shocks me when you kind of go over these, right? Uh, and you really are kind of quite mission-led on, on all this stuff. Like, and, you know, I've got three kids now, so I spend a lot of my time reading books them and so on, but it's not the norm for lots of people, right? No, Absolutely not. Well, I we, were, we is, were shocked as well. Yeah. Um, so the stats actually say it's 40% um, of children in the UK leave primary schools um, with the minimum requirement. Less than the minimum. Well, less yeah. than the minimum literacy requirement. Yeah. And that is just, I mean, for us... For that, it's terrifying. We, you know, we've got... Goldie's going to be starting school next year. And this is this is the norm for, for half the families across the UK. You know, yeah. it's, it's hundreds of thousands of children every year coming through. And it's really, really worrying because that is the trend. And the, the problem that we're trying to solve as a business, and it's, it's a really deep-rooted social behavioural problem for all families. And... 
the real crux of the issue is that families are choosing entertainment over reading. Yeah. That's what it boils down to at the end of the day. And we feel it's our Reading job. is entertainment, right? It, it is, but in a world where you've got, at the touch of a button, you've got, you know, all these, um, you've got TV shows, you've got yeah, games, yeah. you've got apps, you've got... So, so we want to make yeah, super books feel like, feel like an entertainment, entertainment again. But we don't want it to be associated with the say the junk entertainment. Okay, they can have yeah. they can have that entertainment, but we want them to enjoy super books as an entertainment as well and get their twenty minutes of reading a day in. Yeah. And not only can they do that on their own, they can do that with family members as well, with carers. And yeah. yeah. Um and why do you think children aren't reading? Do you think a lot of it comes down to a cost element, right? You know, books, they aren't sort of... What's the stat on... I think, well, yeah, in the... So there's a ma massive part of it is um, is the cost of it. I think it's half. It's, there is a stat, we'll have to look it up, but it's, I think it's it's half of families now with the cost of living crisis are saying that physical books are literally just too expensive to buy. Yeah. Um, and so libraries still great, but accessibility again. Totally. It's getting to the library. And yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Time and getting when you've got small kids there, it's not. Yeah. I think there's also this element of it feels quite old to have, or old fashioned, to be reading off a paper book. Because yeah. in a child's life, the, the fun and excitement and things that they're experiencing are coming through digital. Yeah. You know, they're communicating with their friends, they're. Like the, it's it's all the feelings that they're having are coming through these devices, and that's quite a normal thing. Yeah. And if you then introduce this kind of old-fashioned book, in a way, it feels more like kind of school or education. And we need to we need to create that feeling inside the child and the parent using a medium that they want. Yeah. You know, and there's a lots of people that say, "Oh no, but you you should you sh it's it's the art of reading off a page." Well. But that's that's not the behaviour of the typical family now. And if you know Roald Dahl's Matilda, it's it's words, and actually the medium of delivering those words, it's still the same wonderful story. Yeah. And that's the point. It's just that, that a child is m more likely now to connect with the digital, and some you know some people don't like it. But that I think. I'm, I think that's the reality that we're facing you know as a nation it's basically moving these... with the times isn't it yeah and that's what we're trying to do and what are the advantages of reading right like because i think that's oh. some of it like some of us like we're growing up a bit we, we we get it right but you've got these phenomena like book talk and so on so what are the advantages of, of reading we've realized as well reading up on these things that disengaged children they don't want to they don't want to read they might be scared of reading yeah yet having it on this digital device makes it fun okay. and also something that they can the other thing gone um, again <clears throat> sorry the other trend as well is because as less people read the parents as well grow up not being confident readers yeah so you have this kind of ongoing effect where the habit's not forming yeah um and also if if a parent finds it challenging to read aloud or a bit embarrassing or a bit uncomfortable, then they're not going to want to do that with their child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's another 
thing that we make really, really easy. You can literally press a button, it's called read to me, and we read to you. Yeah, yeah. So you can have the experience of reading until you feel confident as a parent doing it. And then hopefully that then forms this, this habit that you have. Um, but in terms of reading, it, I mean, the benefits are absolutely endless. I mean, it goes from, from mental health, behavior. Um, it's obviously it can help grades at school. It can help mathematics. Yeah. It can help. Um, future as well. Yeah, it's, it's your future job yeah. prospects. So it's, it's all the stuff that we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, and happiness. You know, it can, there's even studies that say it can extend how long you live. You know, it really is a, an unbelievable skill and tool, which, you know, it's, it's dying. Yeah, yeah. And it, 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 it's, we need to save it. Um, all right, well, let's talk about some of, you're clearly on a mission to do that. Let's talk about mm -hmm. some of the uh, exciting stuff in terms of like character development and so forth. Um, because this all started in lockdown, right? We touched on it in yeah. the introduction yeah. and so on and in the previous episode that we did as well. But give us, just give us the sort of like the elevator pitch of kind of like how that all happened, right? So initially it started by just drafting a few stories and sending them to friends and family, right, during lockdown. And then it just took off. Yeah, so we actually, during lockdown, we thought families and friends are enjoying this. Why can't parents out there and schools that are going through, everybody's at home at the moment, homeschooling. Um, so we literally blasted out. I think we got, I think you actually got hold of thousands of lists of schools and we just wrote them an email, check out super books to help with your reading. I think we're working with Phil at the moment weren't we, we yeah, so our voiceover who did the yeah. audio and um, we couldn't believe it within six weeks we had gone to the top of Google and we were beating CBBS, Wikipedia and we thought wow I mean we're maybe. literally the, the number one bedtime story website in the world yeah within months so it was it was crazy and you know since since then um, the business has had to sort of diversify away from just bedtime stories um, into, you know, children's stories. But essentially, no, in the time from then until now, which is what, two and a half years, yeah. um, we're essentially the category leader on Google for children's stories and bedtime stories Yeah, with, with nearly 20,000 keywords ranking at number one. So how many people have you got kind of using, um, yeah, visiting on a daily basis at the moment on a weekly basis? So we get, um, last month we nearly hit a million views on yeah. the site. So it was, I think it was 950,000. Um, and that is roughly 100,000 kind of families coming. Yeah. Um, and that was before <laughs> the den <laughs> aired. So hopefully, you know. I know you should come back next month and yeah. give us an update. I'm sure it'll be. Yeah, <laughs> be I think you might break the million mark. <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, would be my, hedging my bets and and the, the characters right so like how do you come up with them like it must be an incredibly kind of creative sort of experience that you like do and you know carry notebooks around with you jotting down all these things but talk to us about the different characters and where they where they came from so we have nine currently we have nine original series on yeah. the site and each have roughly 10 episodes in each series um we lit inspiration can come from could come from anywhere anywhere and yeah. anyone in the team and we work with some amazing writers as well and it can be just 
most of our inspiration probably comes from home, Goldie, and yeah. just looking around. But we write, we have basically an idea list that all the team share. And anyone that takes our fancy, um, Glenn, who's our head writer, he goes away and writes almost like a synopsis of what that world could be about. Yeah. And then um, that comes back to me and I draft up some concept characters for it. And I think it goes around the team. We get a kind of initial reaction, a bit of a brainstorming. Voice characters as well. So yeah, when, that's when a massive thing sketches. as well the narrator will come in and try different voices for different characters and things to try and get it. Okay. And it's sorted. amazing what matches, like how you think why well, that character matches that one bang on and the voices go and then, yeah, we're away and Glenn takes it away again and he does a kind of synopsis again of like the world in general and a few of the episodes. And then, um, yeah, it's back and forth with editing and then it's, it's a whole new magical world that we've created. Yeah. In terms of that, the initial ideas, literally can happen anywhere. We were taking a walk in Putney when we lived there, and we just suddenly thought of a rat. You know, what about a rat in London? But what could be different about this rat? We thought, well, it could be posh. It could be wearing like a suit or a top hat. Or, Putney, you know, Putney rat. Yeah, Putney, Putney rat. rat. <laughs> and that's the posh rat. So that yeah. came so about. That, 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 that whole came about concept as... series came up just on a walk out and about. And that was one of our first rhymes, I think, that we did together right at the start. Yeah. And then when we worked with um, a wonderful writer, um, Morgan, he actually um, lifted this posh rat into a whole new world and created a series from it. And we've got that currently on the site. And it's basically the rats that live mm. under. Under underground, underground. Yeah. London under underground, and it's yeah, it's almost like a Sherlock Holmes, but in Rat World. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, amazing. And what other talk to us about some of the other characters as well? Then, like, what was your first one? Um, so the first, the first original ones we did were the Ogre Box. Box. So yeah. they're kind of wibbly wobbly, friendly aliens that live on planet Og, and that was. I mean, I don't know where that came from, to be honest. That was just... <laughs> I just of... remember getting a... I remember getting a voice note from you. I think for some reason, I was in Wales with my family. You were at home. Oh, yeah, you yeah, were yeah. coming to meet us. And you were on the train there. And you sent me this voice, voice note. And I think you'd written like a little note about the Ogglebogs. First sentence to me. And I was like, yep, yeah, that's the one. We've got to do this one. It's just the name, Ogglebogs. It sounds... Yeah, it's just... Yeah, these friendly aliens and yeah, it just went from there. And yeah, that currently is in production now for, I think we're on, I think like this up way. to the 30 episode because we've just had people come back to us saying more, we want more of this, we want more. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's one so, of the most popular yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah, we get fan, I mean, we, yeah, we get fans kind of drawing pictures and sending them to us and things like that. And it, when, when people do that, we try and, um, surprise them with something fun so yeah. you know the film narrator might make a character voice and you know send it back to them or something like that just to kind of make it a bit more magical for them um that's very cool and where did the name superbooks come from <laughs> i remember this we last this time on your podcast time, we? so we still don't know jimmy we go <laughs> not worked it out we go back i definitely before, thought of it but i'm sure i did as well <laughs> We're not too sure, and I'm not sure whether we've had this conversation so many times now. It's just been yeah, yeah, fuzzed somewhere. But um, yeah, 
But it I did remember feel it right. Was, it was in the we... kitchen and we had a list and we started just writing names down. And every time we had a thought, we'd write yeah. a new name down. And we used to put crosses by, you know, each other's like, no, that's not right. And then super books, it wasn't actually written down. It just got said, but I don't know who it got said by. And then... <laughs> <laughs> that's it that's how it's born we didn't we didn't need to write anymore and so to talk to us a little bit about the process of like you know you've got the name you've got characters sending it to friends and family when's the moment he decides we're going to stop doing our sort of silly jobs and we're going to you know we're really going to go for this kind of full time and then how did you go about kind of like raising money as well so the transition between kind of freelance because we were both freelance at the time so I I had a city job and Charlene worked for a publisher then we both went freelance but then Covid hit yeah and because we were in freelance world when Covid hit First you know, thing went, right? we weren't really you know there was there was nothing kind of coming in so we were doing that anyway but then at some point we got to earn some money again and that, that was the point that we started thinking about raising money and we literally sent um, Henry, that we talked about earlier, we sent him a um, cold email on LinkedIn and it just so happened, I think, that he he was moving on from, or I think he just sold um, Look After My Bills and he was looking for other opportunities and there was a post that he posted out saying, just get in touch. Yeah. So we did and a week after that, he met us in Putney and we had this amazing meeting where we took a gold walk, <laughs> walk around walking meeting in the park because oh, yeah. we were all kind of out, so, outside. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had um, no one to leave Goldie with, so he was like, don't worry, bring Goldie like, along. Bring along. <laughs> so the first meeting we ever had about Superbooks with, with Goldie in the pram walking, she was asleep. Which is quite ironic, really, considering we actually, we made Superbooks for, for Goldie her, yeah. in the first yeah, yeah. place. So. And then as soon as Henry plugged us, he, he there and then said, yep, yeah, I, I want to invest, I will be your first investor. Um, he then plugged us into his angel VC network. I mean, the rest is history. History. How did you come across Henry in the first? Why? Why send that cold email? Dragon's we Den. We saw him on Dragon's Den. 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 Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. So it comes kind of it's cold. Full circle. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. From then, I mean, our experience of fundraising was um, not typical. I don't yeah. think. Yeah. From, from from what we've heard of other people trying to fundraise. It's very, very tough. You know, you could you could, you could be on dozens, 50, 100 calls, you know, before you're getting that traction. And with Henry's backing early, I mean, it was, yeah, it was, it, it was almost everybody that we spoke to was said, yep, 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 yep. And before we knew it, we were, I mean, I think we wanted to raise a couple of hundred thousand. Yeah. And we ended up raising 800,000. And that was twice oversubscribed as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it was... I mean, it was lovely that people actually saw our vision yeah, on yeah. Superbooks. And I think, yeah, and I think they met. It is still early for us. Very I mean, early. We've yeah. had, and since the last, um, we've hit a, a milestone since we last spoke as well. We've hit 25 million views on the site. So it, it is growing yeah, quickly yeah. as well. That's extraordinary. And what have you, if you could go back to that conversation in the park and tell yourselves, <laughs> one two things about running a business what would it be i don't think we knew what we were getting ourselves into for absolutely not i mean 
we don't know when to turn off. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. it's it's yeah, it can be it's hard. Running your own business is hard, it's challenging. We wouldn't change it. I know we wouldn't change it because we're kind of go getters. We're go getters. We we like that challenge. Yeah. But yeah, we come to supper in the evening and we're like we're still talking about it come on we've got it we've got to have it it does feel like a crossroads that that meeting really took our lives in a completely different direction yeah absolutely um because we didn't know what to expect from that meeting either we thought maybe it would just be like a general meet you know but we didn't think henry would actually show interest there and then yeah yeah and we didn't we we didn't understand the power of his network either i mean it, it was he basically plugged us into the the elite angel network in the UK. Yeah. Um, and having his backing and then immediately backed by two lords as yeah. well, straight straight away. And then and then the backing of our first VC. And that, you know, that was the SEIS bit. Literally yeah. done in you know, moments almost. And as soon as that happened, the rest just followed. Followed. And royal backing as well now as well, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So that was, yeah. I mean, it just it it, it was it went from kind of <laughs> lords, lords in education, to uh, then to um, I think there was three or four people from Y Combinator. Yeah. Um, including Tom Bloomfield, Matt Robinson. Um, and then, yeah, the icing on the cake was Princess Beatrice, you know, and her kind of f- close family through um, Eduardo. Yeah. yeah. Her husband. So it's, um, yeah, well, it was, it was just unbelievable for us, really, to, <laughs> to be honest. Because from outside, it looks like a sort of dream, right? Like, you know, I mean, talk about a story, lockdown, you know, you're passionate about this creativity, making something for your daughter. You then sort of, you know, scale it, raise money from former dragons from the royal family from UK's top entrepreneurs like Tom Blomfield like I mean it looks pretty extraordinary like in terms of from the outside but I guess what would you go back to go back to that sort of park scenario if you could tell yourself a couple of things what do you think it would be I'm sure you tell yourself a lot of things but when it comes to the question you think I know, I know. what is it what is it um time management is yeah I think what would we tell ourselves I'd probably try to be be prepared for the amount of kind of human resources like staff elements yeah um, the kind of the admin side of the business is is way more it takes it just takes so much time yeah. you know to do this and Running, running the investment side is is practically a full time job, in, job itself. in itself, you know, because we've got yeah, I think we've nearly got fifty investors now. Yeah. And I think you know, when we had that meeting, like Sai was writing, I was illustrating. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're not doing that anymore yeah. as much. And like we've had like you said, the team we've had to delegate. And I think when you're in that situation at the start, I know for me, I thought Oh, we'll just be we'll just be plodding along, almost still doing this. But you have a you have a team to run. Yeah, you have to manage people, which is it's challenging in its own right. Um, yeah. and you have 
a company to run at the same time. So I mean, this is you complete learning curve from us because you know I was in the bank and there was yeah maybe a, a few people I had to be responsible for, but this is this is completely different. You're wearing a hundred hats yeah. all the time, and none of it we've ever done before. So yeah. you're learning at a hundred miles an hour, just trying to think. You know, like how what is how, how do I how do I do it? You know? And I know it's hard for both of us. I think delegation as well, because delegating yeah. things. Well, this we is the thing is, yeah. we're both creatives. <laughs> We both love to get stuck in in different areas and sometimes you've just got to take a step back and believe in that person you've hired as well to be in your team and think, no, you stay at what you're really good at or what your forte is and let the other people, you know, yeah. get involved in those areas, which they are really good at. And I think we find that, we found that challenging at the start, I think. Um, I think that's the thing because you're not really prepared for how it changes and how it changes so fast as well yeah so you, you yeah these and for us it was fast it, it was, was really really fast you know yeah we, yeah we went from the two of us to you kind of like a team of eight to ten people within a, a, a few months and what advice would you give to people wanting to get into children's books i mean we talked about this on the last podcast in the sense of you know some of the guests that we have i think a lot of people think they couldn't do those jobs but with you guys i think everyone thinks oh, i've got a kids booking me right like i could do this um and actually now having to write stories for my kids like it's harder <laughs> than it looks right but what advice would you um what advice would you give to aspiring uh, children's authors don't use chat gpt <laughs> ah well you see me scribble down at ai I was gonna come to that. yeah yeah um there's there's a bit of an elephant in the room actually because people people often say you know with ai coming in and chat gpt and bard and all these things well you know stories can write themselves they're just they just they can't these systems because yeah. can't they can't produce um the human elements of a story they, they can they can produce a storyline which goes yeah. from a to b to c um but they miss the essence of the character and that's the thing if you're getting into writing focus on the character first yeah um and then build yeah that build one. a personality from from that character and don't even think about the plot no. or anything like that until you've got the character and yeah. how how that character would interact with other characters and build us up from there really. and that world will form around it yeah yeah um and yeah how do you do it do you, do you like have like a big map of paper and sort of create these worlds almost i do <laughs> that's how i like to roll you're visual right? i just have yeah. it all just it's just all in my you, head <laughs> yeah and then it explodes onto me and i'm like you have to write this down i'm very much i'm a list keeper i am yeah, so yeah. i am always it's I'm getting better at most so i will definitely just randomly come up with these random like ideas and I'll always be jotting them down and then I'll always I'll always visualize them or visualize I always do anyway but I will draw I'll just get a paper like you said and I will draw ideas and sometimes those ideas can be created from those visuals from go rather yeah. than concept but it can start um, somewhere and go completely somewhere else yeah you know but the, the the concept and the concept can come in lots and lots of different forms yeah so the concept can come as a character on its own or the concept could ha could be the whole world, um, and then you start having to piece together the characters that fit inside the world. 
So it, it can kind of happen at any time and it doesn't, it's not like a, a formula where we go, oh, we'll sit down now and we'll think about different things. Yeah. Um, yeah. And do you think, I mean, do you think there are any opportunities for AI and improving the systems and such like? Yeah, I think there there are, um, but probably not so much. I think the, the, I, the issue that I have with, with AI particularly is that um, it's the intellectual property of lots and lots of people putting yeah. this into the system. Right? AI doesn't exist without it being able to, you know, scan Learn every, others, yeah. yeah, scan everything and then it'll be able to produce. So that's where I just, I have a fundamental issue with the, the creator community where this is this is our work why yeah. why should it why should it be able to be put into this system that someone can then go and do something for free where where i think uh, it could be helpful is if if you have your own content so if you've got a basket of your own content 100 200 500 stories and you can create an ai model which can help your business from these only these stories that's where i think it can become very powerful mm. because it can start to understand how we write the language we we write in it can start to generate you know plot ideas and things like that from it okay. um and the other things that could become very helpful for us in the future to be able to create stories faster um is the images so yeah it will be able to start to understand characters poses because that's a real problem at the moment like it's you're not able to the, the consistency of the characters that come through ai art um you know you, you can create one individual piece which might look quite good so it might look like pixar and yeah, it, yeah. it could look great but try and then replicate that char exact character throughout the story in different poses that's when it breaks down. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So we have done some tests. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it's just one of the big changes since we last spoke, right? A couple of years yeah. ago. Like it's um yeah, it's yeah, it's it's interesting. It's not going to be that creativity spark of it, but like you say, some of the illustration and also moving images as well, like it could make all of that sort of side of things I think like quite um interesting and cheaper etc um so yeah so um i'm just going back to the dead and and so on did you have did, did you have more of a strategy going in, in terms of dragons you wanted particularly did you think there'd be some that might be more interested than others i don't know if it's it was tricky now, isn't it yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> i don't know if it was not to tempt fate but we never actually said to each other like any specific one we were just we went in there and we kind of said didn't we if we yeah. get a dragon that would be incredible yeah they all help in such that's different it. ways that, um, that they can all help the business yeah in, in different ways and that's like one of the reasons that we accepted five offers because you know it ranges from product to digital to kind of like tv shopping and it and Superbook's going to be put in all of those categories. Yeah. So, 
yeah, obviously we didn't go in for the money, but we went in to get as many, let's just say we went in to get as many dragons as we could. And yeah. it was a bonus what we came out with, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, and yeah, how, how have they been helpful th- thus far, right? Or not well, yet? <laughs> no, we, well, yeah, definitely, yeah. Absolutely. As soon as we, like everything went through and the due diligence, we thought, right. Well, it was a few months of that for a start. Yeah. I mean, it t- we it had t- to, yeah. Yeah. It took until, it took probably four months to do the legals. Yeah. Um, to get that all signed up. Yeah. But um, one thing we said. that was fast. We were told that was quick. Yeah. <laughs> we had all five dragons. <laughs> and we thought, right, we've just, we've got to chase them now. You know, they've got multiple other things yeah, going right. on, multiple other investments. So, yeah, we made it our thing to kind of get onto each of them. And yeah, we've met with them since, had video calls with them since. And yeah, they've all got their own niche that they can help us, which yeah. is, it's, yeah, and it's been amazing. And ideas, you know. Yeah, it's... this is the other thing. They've all got different ideas as well. So you have to kind of take a step back and think, okay, that's great, that's great, that's great. But, you know, at the end of the day, ultimately, but... we've got to take the business where we want the business yeah. to go. And all of them have that advice for us too. Is they, they they know that we're going to be getting lots of different opinions, and they say yeah. you've got to. It's at the end of the day, it's your business, yeah. so we'll back you, whichever you, direction you choose. But you will be pulled in all yeah. <laughs> directions. <laughs> but taking on all those opinions and different things, you sort of yeah, yeah it's it's a bamboozling, brain, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. Um, and what do you think? Um, um, and will you publish the stories with the dragons? that you did for them? Well, it was almost, so on um, the website, Superbooks, we have um, Weird Life, which is a nature mockumentary. Okay. Um, so it's a take on David Attenborough, basically. Yeah. And it's um, it's amazing world. It's all about Hickory, which is AKA David Attenborough, let's yeah. say. And he goes around different worlds. For example, there's a cheese world, and he meets a curd monkey who, um, <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. And then there's a there's a smunk who is a take on a skunk, yeah. but instead of um, like scaring his predators away, he lures them in with different smells and he survives on hugs and love of energy. And we took, it's one of our favorites, Weird Life. So we took that concept and used it in the den as so basically it was a take on a nature mockumentary for the dragons and we took each um, dragon and illustrated them and we focused in on their quirks so at the moment it's not actually it's not a full-blown story because obviously we had to fit it into our two and a half weeks yeah yeah yeah, into our pitch as well so we only get a certain amount of time for our pitch seconds for it so what um, yeah 90 seconds is that all to pitch that's not even I just assumed that was editing each time. Well, that's 90 seconds there for our is... actual rhyme. And then yeah. we got um, a few minutes after for this story to show almost our product. But it basically is five minutes all in then. Yeah. So yeah. it's a Maximum, short, absolutely. let's just say yeah. it's a short nature mockumentary of the dragons. And we had to like pull at them a bit. We had to make a little bit of fun of them how yeah. we did it. Um, but yeah, it's a take on Weird Life, which is currently on Superbooks. But okay. we do want to, we might can, we might carry it on, or yeah, we I mean, might if just definitely. If there's demand for us yeah. to be writing, we probably will it, put it on our blog yeah. though and have it up for people to see because it's really because it's yeah. slightly, yeah, yeah, it's slightly different to an actual 
story that we would normally write. Yeah. Just because of what it had to do in the den, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, I just, yeah, I just think it would be really funny seeing some of those images and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what what advice would you give to people thinking of going into the den, etc.? Do it. Do it. Just, just Absolutely. don't, don't like... think about it. Just apply and think about it later. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah, I'm so thankful for that application that you did <laughs> because I'm not sure I would have been able to do it. Um, yeah. But yeah, but we had actually, we had the best time on that day. Yeah. Like everybody welcomed us. And I mean, we had a long wait before we went on. So we got told our slot was, our pitch was the afternoon. Yeah. So we got told to arrive about 10 o'clock. We arrived super early because yeah, I think yeah. we were just so nervous. And we got told great news and bad news. Great news, you're the only one in the afternoon. But bad news, the first pitch has actually only just come out. So gosh. you've got another three pitches in front of you. And we were like, oh my gosh, which could last anything from like 20 minutes to three hours. Yeah. So we had a long wait ahead of us. So you almost but... graveyard slot as well then, right at the end. Yeah, so it was like day. four or five yeah. hours in the green room and kind of practicing and stuff but I mean like the runners but by the time oh, I bet you did the right 100 times oh my yeah. gosh the poor so we were with we we were with um, one of the runners that got assigned to us Michael I mean he was great but yeah, he, he so must have, he probably could have come in the dam with us and probably <laughs> could, have could have done the pitch because the amount of times we were like can we just do it one more time can we just do it one more time and he was time? like yeah, every time he was like yep yep great 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 yeah yeah, yeah, yeah it's just just one of us but it was a re it was a really good day actually. It was yeah. really good and yeah. Quite I mean, a slur really actually. You kind of it, it's it's funny what you forget. You kind yeah. of come out of there, and I I'd almost have a complete blank of what had happened. Yeah. And then over time, <laughs> how, yeah, conversation, how long were you in there for? So you were in there for an hour and a half. Yeah, just over an hour, I think. It okay. Was. Like yeah. That. So still a decent amount of time. Then. But it felt Honestly, like... It, like it looks so straightforward from the cutting of it. Oh, my gosh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It looks like in that, it's all 12 minutes. And yeah. But it didn't feel like an hour. It felt like it could have been 10 minutes okay. by the time we come out, didn't it? Yeah. Um, so what kind yeah. of stuff, what other stuff were they asking then? I mean, obviously, there'll be loads that doesn't make the cut of that. But, yeah. But, like, what kind of thing about, particularly when you go in with such a kind of, like, bold, almost straightforward pitch as well, like, in terms of the money, what kind of things were they asking? Can you remember? <laughs> This is really, yeah, this, this is, this is, is a blurb. This is the blurb. And it, um, well, it, they actually did a lot of talking about what they wanted to do with the business. Yeah, amongst so, each other as well. So we had, we, I mean, we had prepared the most detailed. Yeah. Like we had prepared all the numbers. We prepared every possible question, and only it really only sort of skimmed the surface of that. If that. Um, you know, Tuka was talking about you know, all the different products that he wanted to do. And then Stephen was going, I know you could do this and you could do these other things. And then Did Tuka could... offer you some office space in London? <laughs> That's one thing he didn't actually. <laughs> we have the been it. But a lot of, yeah, a lot of the conversation, well, it hit off between Tuka and Stephen. It was oh, got yeah, they quite had, heated they had, they had between them heated quite early them. on. And... But I think as yeah. soon as they understood the... the the proposition of what we were trying to get to that's that's mainly where it went and then yeah. you know you had kind of peter saying in fact he, he well yeah he uh he offered to buy the business for 100 pounds <laughs> yeah. um 
which I declined. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's not, not all the equities on sale today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's quite funny. Um, but yeah, the... I can't really remember. I can't really remember. No, it is is all of love, but we did, we prepared a lot and we really thought we'd get a grilling actually because you watch, you watch some of the past episodes and series and, you know, you see, you see people coming out there being absolutely... Good products as well and good stuff sometimes as well. They really do go, like, yeah. And I mean, I couldn't watch Dragons and I couldn't watch any episode before we went on because (laughs) it just made me too nervous. But Simon would spend every evening in the room watching every single one. How did they do it? What's the different, like, what are the, you know... And I, I used to just walk into the lounge and my stomach would drop and I'd have to walk back out again. So when was this, so when was that moment you thought we're going to go with the pound strategy? That was oh, it was like literally days, it was forty eight hours before, yeah. before we so we we had gone with on. the normal strategy. We prepared all the the material, the rhyme, and everything with the, with another version of the offer, like a more standardized version. It was and when we, we just thought no, it was that moment we had. We did our last kind of practice with um, some family, and. We both stopped and we both said, "This doesn't feel right. There's yeah, something there's that something doesn't that's feel not right, right here. Yeah, yeah. it almost feels too, too to the book. I mean, obviously, it wasn't to the book on our, in our actual pitch of what we were doing. Like we'd done a story, we'd done a rhyme, but what we were going in for was almost like we just thought we're creatives. We need to be creative in what yeah, we so. ask for. So I just said, "Come on, let's get on the phone." BBC and ask them the question because then we thought we'll go in for no we'll ask for no money but obviously we had to ask for something um, and that's when we came up with the idea of yeah let's make it as low it's as possible it's kind of amazing no one's done it before right in 20 well that's what right. made we thought that didn't we after we came up with it yeah. we thought well hang on how come no one asked us all about this it's a funny one because typically when you go in there you, you need money for something you yeah. want to buy stock or you need to do you know yeah, you want yeah. to invest into something and that's kind of while you were there and we were just in this unique position where we just raised this ton of money um and really we just wanted we just wanted their connections and you know to get us to that next stage yeah. so it it felt i don't know i felt like a just right somehow that it just kind of fitted into the way that we'd done things before in fact that actually brings me back to there was quite a lot of questions about the raise yeah at the start yeah they because we we had a at the time we had a valuation of 3.2 million pre-money from the initial raise and we that that totally shocked them both i think it was peter and stephen both said what sorry how much are you what and i think that started the i think that made us probably in their eyes feel a bit more credible. Like we've done, we've got these investors, we've yeah, raised yeah. this money. Um, and then Peter, Peter was like, well, what went wrong? Like, why, you, why, yeah. why, why have you valued your business at hundred pounds yeah. if, it, if it's 3.2 million? But obviously we said, look, that's not, that's not part of it. We've chosen um, as the founders of the business, you know, to, to give this equity from our side. So this doesn't hit any of the investors as well. Okay. Um, so that was another side and of it. And then I just remember something. They've also, they wanted to know where the business could go as well. Yeah. Um, which was quite exciting because obviously we've got plans um, for products. 
which I think Tuca's eyes were like lighting up there. Um, but you definitely we... saw the potential on the data side and the IP as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a massive. One of the things that um, I, that we had to provide to them was we didn't we didn't actually see this, um, but there was a the screen in there, and when the dragons go in there, all the stories were scrolling across the screen. Oh right. Okay. Um, and I think that was well behind you. Yeah, kind of next to us on this big monitor. Yeah. But when we came in, the screen went blank to do our pitch, and then it was a different. Um, right, okay. It was a different setting. Um, but when they first, when the dragons first come into the room and they're kind of mingling and getting ready for the pitch, we had the uh, all the story covers scrolling over. There was literally like dozens and dozens and dozens, so they they could see how much opportunity there was with all these different things and different characters that I think when we introduced this idea of the IP and the IP being worth the most yeah. in the long run, because ultimately it's our dream to kind of get these characters into theatre, into film, into, you know, TV and theme things park. like that. Theme I think, <laughs> I, and I think that's what they got excited Super about world, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, that's when they started getting really excited. When, we, yeah. when, when you combine the data element of being able to actually track which of these yeah. these characters are the to most take popular. That one forward as well. Yeah. So we we can see when our users are coming onto the site, we can see if they're coming back to the same story. Um, we can see basically who's focusing in on one story. Yeah. yeah. So we can It really is that kind of data driven Netflix yeah. style model, you know, but we're we're creating it in a in a new industry which which needs love, you know. What's it like when you first walk into the den? What's that feeling like when the lift doors open? To me, it felt like I was going into the television because yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. this is just what I see on the TV. Obviously, backdrop had changed this year. Yeah. Um, Did that shock you? No, I was just focused on the dragons. You just I, on the dragons. Yeah, and how small they looked. They all, because it's in quite a big warehouse studio. Yeah. And their chairs looked huge compared to them. They've got these massive chairs to make them feel yeah. like, you know, the status, I guess. And they just look so tiny, yeah. I thought. Um, but We missed our spot right. as well. Yeah, we have a spot to stand so you on. You had an X marks the spot yeah. for the camera. And we, we, we were kind of like looking straight down. <laughs> trying yeah. to, but what they do is they film all that bit first. So yeah. you do a bit of filming in the foyer, you, you film the lift opening in the walkout so that you don't have to worry about or think about any of that when you actually go in. Okay. And That's just in case it goes when wrong When we actually well. walked into the den, we were literally like looking at the floor to we're try spot. and find the mark. I remember, I remember you saying to me, we're not we're on the spot. The and spot? I was like... And then Peter said, can we just, oh, yeah. just shuffle over a bit? <laughs> because I, I think... That. I love that, producer Pete. <laughs> yeah, but I think for us, it felt like when we were going in there, it was live or something and we had to do everything so like perfect. And then yeah, when Peter yeah. said, can you just move across a bit? We were like, oh, that's ruined that. It's like... Yeah. But um, yeah, it was definitely, for me, it just felt like I was stepping into the television. Yeah, yeah. Um, the way that this, the, the lighting is, it, it's not like that on telly. It's very bright and well lit, but the room feels a lot darker than that when you're actually in it. Okay. Um, is it hot? I don't remember anything, temperature. I think it was cold. Was it cold? Oh, I don't yeah, remember yeah. temperature. And <laughs> it's quite, it's, it's a very unnatural light. Yeah. that you're in so you kind of almost feel like you're in a dream 
you like you're yeah. inside the telly in well it's world. like it's this yeah. spotlight directly on you and then the and spotlight's in, on the dragons and in quite a dark surrounding so it's really? almost cave-like which yeah. is quite fitting for our for our story for yeah. our story that we did for that <laughs> <laughs> um and that and also the, the bit in the foyer they do seem to extend that out a bit now and i always think like it's quite hard to come across well in that foyer bit because it's just sort of like anyone's pacing and like, yeah, it's just a bit kind of... Yeah, so you know that's going to... They tell you, right, that's going to happen, but that is... That's not pre-recorded. So you're kind of like, you know whatever's going to be taken in that foyer is going to be shown. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember... But you're also we... not waiting to actually go in at that point when they're filming that. Yeah, you are. Are you? Yeah. No, they went to, we did that before. No, we, we didn't, because they wanted that to be as natural as possible. They wanted to get your nerves. So that bit is, when you see the light for the lift, This is that what I mean, like, I've literally forgotten. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that is that is the, you're going to be going in when that light goes four, three, two, one, oh, and then you're yeah. in. But I remember high tenning you. Oh, and yeah, you, and I just said... You no, left me just... standing. You went, no, I'm not doing that. And I was like, don't leave me standing. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, whether, exactly, that, right? Talk about it. whether that gets showed or not, I don't know. Um, where's it filmed? Manchester. Manchester, yes. Yeah, and yeah. is the, the new backdrop, is that genuine or is that... Oh, it's just in a studio. Yeah. Yeah, it's in yeah. a warehouse um, studio in the middle of Manchester. And this is a... Um, what do you call it? Can't remember. <laughs> um, spoiler alert. The lift is not real. It's just, it's just the set. Yeah. Really? So, yeah. It kind of feels like a real lift when you're inside it because the lights go up and all yeah, that sort yeah. of stuff. But actually, the lift isn't real. Yeah. So you're yeah. in one door, door and floor. out. Yeah. Shock. So it's just sliding doors, basically. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Gosh. And what... Um, I was going to say, what was your favourite moment in the den? But that'll be the offer at the end. So that's a rubbish question. What was your sort of like... What do you think is the most kind of unexpected bit of being in the den the emotion for me because we we were chatting about this the night before and i was like well, I'm, there's no way i'm gonna cry but definitely not and then charlene was like well yeah but what if, you know what if what if we do and i was like well I mean, I yeah but we thought we'd be crying because crying because of the grilling maybe we got yeah. Or something yeah but it was the but it was totally overwhelming when when they when you knew that they were backing behind you and they really got it and they started talking about kind of like was... all the work that we put in yeah. and the, how they loved all the, the characters and things, it just was too much, you know. Yeah, the, moment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah the moment. Anyone that spends more than an hour with Stephen Bartlett, right, just can't have a cry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the emotion definitely got the better of us both. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, which was unexpected and I didn't I mean first, I started first time on telly and we're both absolutely <laughs> I started welling up and looked at you and I couldn't believe and it and you were was, streaming <laughs> and I just oh yeah, yeah. And then, uh, you both go oh my gosh yeah um yeah that's the, and, and you've, you've watched every sort of episode right so you were like really oh, yeah. kind of you knew it all right <laughs> mastermind topic Dragon's Den well, super I've, fan I've, I've here watched, you know Peter and Deborah in there basically from the start. Yeah. Like it's 20, I think we were in series 20 or something. And it's strange because they don't know us, but you feel like you feel like them. Yeah. And which is actually quite a nice feeling when you go in because it, it sort of comforts you in a way. 
but then you do have that kind of slightly starstruck yeah kind of moment when you go in and you see see them all looking at you and how do you think you're gonna like i mean you do think back to those early series right and like levi Reese, you know is injured becoming like pretty much household name right now not necessarily saying that's gonna happen like to you guys this has got a lot going about characters and so on but are you kind of ready to sort of be recognized in tesco at the weekend and so on definitely not <laughs> not how we go out of the weekend we have a little we have a little three-year-old she's priority we if we manage yeah, yeah, to yeah, exactly. if we manage to like eyes on the, yeah, scrape yeah. our hair well my hair back and <laughs> <laughs> but um no absolutely not it's always been about like you said the characters yeah. and that's been well, in another, front of it's us it's another part of the learning thing it's, isn't it you know this yeah kind of, it's, it's like constantly that's almost evolving. like stripping a layer yeah, you know yeah. um but no definitely not so i think it'll be a bit of a shock if anyone does recognize us yeah. and uh if you could speak to one kid's author dying or alive or one from dying and one from alive and you could ask them one question what would it be I remember you asked us a question like this at the end and we just froze last time. (laughs) It's like, what happens to us when we get asked story questions? We just go... It's quite generic, I think our answers. Well, I think that's it. I mean, we're both massive Roald Dahl fans. I mean, that's a massive inspiration to us, a massive inspiration for the visuals. And I think it's it's that quirkiness he can get away with as well. And we like to bring that to super books. It's something a little bit different. It's It's not always... You know, it's not always, um, what am I trying to say, Sai? It's not... um, (laughs) (laughs) We don't like every story to have, like, the happy ever after. Yeah. We like to be a bit different in how we think and appeal to children nowadays. Contemporary, really. Superbooks is a contemporary platform. And it's I'm entertaining sure. with words as well. So yeah. using, you know, like the ogglebogs, like words that are just fun, strange, and you know, it doesn't have to be by the book or things like that. So it's it's about creating that experience outside of the classroom reading, where yeah. it really does become fun. I'm not sure. Sorry, I'm not sure if we actually answered that. that question. No, but it's, it's no, 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 but it's, it is interesting. I mean, I when I read the kids' books now and stuff, like one of the things I'm really struck by is like how like illustrations and how kind of amazing that is from when I was kind of growing up, right? Which were basically like spot books, right? Now you've got this huge kind of like you know eight three size when fully open, like incredible designs and so on. And it is a very sort of visual experience as as well, which is. Um, which is good. I don't really know what I'm saying there. It's <laughs> my reflection on kids' books. Um, one thing, one thing yeah. on that though, with the book and the whole experience that we're trying to create is, I think there's something in the experience of consistency for a child that makes it really special. Yeah. So at the moment, when you've got physical books, they're all different sizes. One might be paperback. One might be the different all the these different things but what we'd love to create is this really consistent experience a bit like if you if you get the da da at the start of <laughs> netflix you kind of know you're in for something really special or the, the you know the yeah, universal yeah. that that theme and i think having having that that experience consistent and knowing that the story is going to be magical because it's come, you know, from from us and our writers, 
is really special and that's something that's a bit different as well from what you would what you would just if you were just buying physical books quite a few things like that as well isn't there there's the sort of lion roar and the kind of like pyramid as well yeah. the start of films and so on and it is i think there's some science about it as well in terms of the kids quite enjoying the same thing because everything they do every day is new and whatever and it can be quite sort of overwhelming at times for them and so on so actually having something that is consistent yeah. and it's probably what i like sometimes having the same story you know six times in a row or whatever um, <laughs> so it's like yes we know that well yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> right um but yeah no that's uh that's interesting and you're thinking of crowd raising, um, sorry, you're thinking of crowdfunding as well now, right? So talk to us a little bit about that, what your kind of vision for that is and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to do it slowly? Um, yeah, we are. So um, one of the things that the den brings is obviously visibility. And one thing that we'd love to offer the public is the chance to invest next to the dragons. Yeah. Um, and it will be a limited pot um, at this valuation, um, but it's something that we've actually always wanted to do right from the first from the first round, because this is such a you know a family orientated product. Having real people, real families investing, um, and to be able to get proper you know in feedback straight from them. And build that community from the grassroots as well. So for us to have, you know, a few hundred extra investors, um, it's really exciting for us. I think as a business, yeah. Yeah, um, and you're looking at CrowdCube, right? Yeah, yeah. looking at CrowdCube, um, and then there'll be a, there'll be a soft launch around the show, um, which is a kind of waiting list, and yeah. then there's okay. a there's a period after the show airs um, that that will then open essentially to the public but you can register interest and we can put a link probably. yeah yeah we'll put we can put a link um, in the show notes and stuff yeah. um yeah i think it's really good because i do think it's one of the yeah i'm not gonna get too technical about capitalism and stuff but yeah people should be able to have ownership and i've often thought dragons then had a red button and um, <laughs> where people could do it afterwards you'd get a lot of people doing it and that would be um that'd be great because again right like money's helpful but actually just having those people supporting you and having a, a channel yeah. as well is really important as well i think that's the thing for us now at this point it's yes it's, it is good to have money in the bank but really this is about spreading the word yeah. to as many people as possible um, and getting feedback as well because we're you know yeah. it, it's it's one of the great things about having a business that this is us i mean we use this every day we bu we build it for us basically and if, if it works for us it's going to work for millions of families um but having that extra feedback directly from the families and the experience just helps us to you know, refine and refine and create an even better experience. It's creating that community as well. We yeah. want to create a Superbooks community that people know about, want to feel part of as well, and know that other people are doing the same. Yeah, yeah. There's something really special about that yeah. as well. You know, can you imagine if you you, you turned, turned on Superbooks and the feeling of, Oh, this is this is the top story tonight and there's hundreds of thousands of people all sharing of, that, all sharing that story, story and reading it kind of like at the same time you know yeah it's, yeah it's totally. something special about it yeah yeah so i'm going back to event tv event <laughs> books um brilliant great thanks very much Jimmy. Okay. pleasure no thanks for down here